Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. Got a copy of the Word. Open up to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We'll look at verses 4 through 7 today. And uh, if you buckle your seatbelts, I'm going to do my best to speed it up in this service. I got a little lengthy in the first service, so we're going to do our best right here to cover all that the Lord wants us to, uh, being obedient to Him in the time that we have. We've been talking about this theme of joyful living. Joyful living. Man, it is God's desire I've been trying to teach you. And His intention that you live with joy. That's what He created us for. That's what He designed us for, was to live this life with joy. Man, that's what He wants for you today. He doesn't want you to get up in the morning beaten down and downhearted and worried. He wants you to get up in the morning with great joy. I've also tried to teach you that the choice then is really ours. It's our decision daily. We'll get up every morning deciding whether we're going to live with joy or not. I, I tell you, I've just decided I'm going to be joyful. I've just decided I'm going to get up and I'm going to be joyful in the morning. Is everything always going to be smooth sailing? No, it's probably not going to be. But in spite of that, with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm just going to live with great joy. There's four keys in this epistle that help us learn how to do this, and they're all Christ-centered. We must learn first that we have Christ as our source. We've also understood Christ must be our single mind. We've also understood that Christ must be our spiritual pursuit. And in chapter 4, we've been talking about the fact that Christ must be our strength. Chapter 4, verse 13 is our key verse. I can do all things, not a few things, but all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength, who infuses me with His power, who sends me His Holy Spirit. The strength of Jesus Christ always comes in the form of the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. And there it is. All the strength that we need to do all the things that God desires for us to do and be. And secondly, we understand that the strength comes in the form of the Holy Spirit, but it always comes with a purpose also. He never sends the Holy Spirit and His strength into our lives willy-nilly. It always comes for a reason. It always comes for a purpose. We've seen one of those already. Reason number one, the strength of Jesus Christ is there that we might live peacefully. In verses 1 through 3, he's taught us that the church of the living God is expected to get along with one another. Man, if anybody ought to live at peace with one another, it ought to be the children of the living God. We don't have an option today to be divided at the house of the Lord. Man, for Jesus' sake, we ought to be united. For the gospel's sake, we ought to be united. We have a task that's vast in winning the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll never accomplish that divided. We must accomplish it together, united in the Holy Spirit and the strength of Jesus Christ. Today, I want you to see purpose number two that I I believe is in this chapter. Purpose number two for the strength of the Lord is this. Paul cites this very clearly. He, the Lord gives us his strength so that we might live what I call prescriptively. That we might live prescriptively. I'm going to do something a little different. I know you just got settled, but man, the Lord just had this in my spirit this morning. So we're going to do it. I want you to take your copy of the Word, stand to your feet. Man, there's a copy of it on the, on the screen. We're going to read this passage together this morning. How about that? I read from the King James. It's what I love. It's how I hear the word of the Lord. So that's what's up there. And we're going to read together. Chapter 4 of the book of Philippians, starting at verse 4. Let's read together. And I want to hear you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Listen to this statement. For the Lord is at hand. Verse 6. 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, you ought to give the Lord a praise for the reading of His Word by His people. You can be seated right where you are. Live prescriptively. A prescription, beloved, is something that I believe the doctor orders. He does it for our good. He does it for our healing. He does it for our health. There's an old saying that when you've been sick a little while or down a little while and something happens in your life that makes you better, we used to say, well, man, that was just what the doctor ordered. Y'all remember that? Well, that person in my life, that was just what the doctor ordered. Or that thing in my life, that was just what the doctor ordered. Well, I believe what the, the Scripture is saying to us today is a prescription that's just what the doctor ordered. It's right on time, right on target, and it'll accomplish its task all the time. Now, sometimes in life... Time, time is just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes a little bit of time is just what we need in our lives. When we're feeling down or our joy seems to be fleeing from us, sometimes what we need is just a little bit of time. It's surprising how a little bit of time with the right person will make you feel. Gosh, I got to go on a seven-day date with my wife this past week. I'm talking about seven straight days. Now, you may be thinking, laying down, getting up, going to eat. Man, that doesn't sound fun, but it was fun to me. Seven straight days on a date with my wife. We talked about it since our honeymoon. I ain't ever been on a seven-day date with her. Man, I'm telling you, it was wonderful. We ate together. We took moonlight walks together. Man, we listened to music together. We talked together, dreamed together. Man, I kissed her right on the mouth as often as I possibly could. How I many of y'all hey, praise the Lord. And what that time has done for me, I can't even measure. I, I'm, I'm fit as a fiddle. How many of y'all, hey, I came back fine as a frog hair, fresh as a daisy, and dare I say it, frisky as a cat. How many of y'all, hey, hey, I'm ready. I'm just telling you. And it's amazing what a little bit of time will do. But you know, the Lord kind of talked to me this week, and he said, Stace, why is it that you don't carve out time like that in your life for me? Why don't you just spend some time with me every now and then? And I'm here to tell you that when you're down and it feels like your joy is running from you, maybe what you need to do, maybe just what the doctor ordered is to pull aside with the Lord Jesus Christ and just spend a little time with Him. No pretenses. No pushing. Just time with Him. And you'll find that your joy begins to return to your life. The enemy's chief weapon in our lives today is busyness. And he'll keep us busy. Listen, I'm busy doing good things. I'm busy doing profitable things. But, beloved, I can't ever get too busy that I don't have time to spend with just me and my Heavenly Father. It may be today that time is just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes the truth is just what the doctor ordered in your life. Sometimes a truth will penetrate a circumstance or a situation. Sometimes just a flash, just a momentary glimpse of a truth in your life will change the way you live. 
Uh, everybody gets together for support. We have our own groups that we go to, people who face the same challenges and the same things that we do on a daily basis. And we get together to talk and discuss, what do you do about this? How did you deal with that in your child's life? What did you do about this? And man, if you're not careful, when you get in those circles, it goes from a discussion to a complaint session really quickly. Everybody starts complaining about what's wrong and about what they don't have. And I'm telling you, pastors and ministers, they're not immune to that. When we get together, we talk about about the church and what's going on and the work of God in the world today. And if we're not careful, though, it'll quickly degenerate into a time of complaining. And the best word I can come up with is whining about what we don't have and about the stresses and the strifes and the tribulations. And if we're not careful, that's where we'll get. I was standing in a group of pastors on one occasion, and it got there real quickly. I think it started there, beloved. I mean, hey, the first guy that opened his mouth started it for us, and the rest of us just kept it going right downhill from there. We didn't go very long till there was a sage member in the group of the ministry, been in it for a long time. He smiled and said, gentlemen, I hear an awful lot of eyes being said in this group. But he said, now we must remember it isn't really about us anyway, now is it? How many of y'all hear what I'm saying? Word of truth. In a moment, beloved, nobody else complained. We all went to lunch. How many of y'all hear? Hey, we said, hey, let's go. Nobody else had a word. Why? A word of sobering truth sometimes. When you feel your joy running away, when you're getting confused and tempted to complain a little bit, maybe you ought to just take out the truth of the living God. And maybe you ought to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit and allow His lightning rod of truth, His light just to beam into your life for one little instance. And I guarantee you, He's going to speak a word of truth to you that will restore your joy, kick you in the tail, and get you going on the walk with Him. Sometimes time is just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes truth is just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes a task is just what the doctor ordered. Often that's what we need in our life, a clear, concise, conceivable, if you will, set of instructions to follow, not notions or suggestions, but, hey, Lord, give me a this, a this, and a this. How many of y'all have ever been there? Well, you just went to the Lord and said, Father, would you just give me a couple of things that I know I can do so that I can be about doing them? Sometimes you just need that in your life. Sometimes when we go to the doctor, I remember, we used to take our kids when they were sick to the pediatrician and all the way Tammy and I would pray for a bacterial infection. How many of y'all, hey, hey, not a viral one. They don't give you anything for a viral infection. A bacterial one, they'll give you an antibiotic, a pill that'll make them better overnight. In heaven, I just prayed for a, a bacterial infection so that we could get some kind of prescription to give those kids. Sometimes in our lives, what we need is the Lord just to sow a prescription, a task into our life, something we can do and be clear instructions. And I believe what we have here in this passage today is a word from the pen of Apostle Paul under the great physician's leadership that will sow into our lives today, clearly and concisely give us things to do. With the strength of the Lord, now mind you, they're impossible without Him. But with the strength of the Lord, things that we can do that will bring joy into our lives. Three things I want you to see, and then one great result. Number one, I want you to see this. Task number one on your prescription list. You need to write down the word praise. If you're a note taker, you need to write down the word praise. First line on the prescription that we have today for joyful living, if you're going to live joyfully, is you're going to have to become a person of praise. You want more joy in your experience? Become a person of praise. Verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And what did Paul say? He said, in case you didn't hear me the first time, 
I'm going to say it to you again. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice means this. It means be glad. Be full of joy. Be giving out of your gladness. Expressing the joy that is within you with great abandon. I want you to note a couple of things. This rejoicing, this praise is always in the Lord. It's not in your money. It's not in your talent. It's not in the time that you have had. It's not in the things that you have accomplished. It's always in the Lord. When we begin to rejoice, it'll always be based in the Lord. Secondly, we see that this rejoicing is always. It's not just when it's good. It's any time, any place, anywhere we are, whether we're up or whether we're down or whether we're somewhere in the middle, our task, if we want to be people of joy, is to become people of praise. His praises should continually be on our lips. You want joy in your life? Begin to praise Him and see if it doesn't come. Man, walk around your house doing the housework. Just have a little song of praise on your heart. Just have a little song of praise on your lips for the Lord. Man, driving down the road in your car, cut that praise music up and just begin to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and see if the inside of your heart and your car don't get very joyful as you're going down the road. Man, on that job, when your boss is just huge out and it looks like you're going to get fired and you may not be there next week, man, just praise the Lord right where you are. Just let a little song cross your lips that lifts up the name of Jehovah God. Man, in the yard, when you're doing the weed eating, in the store, when you're shopping, just be become a person of praise wherever you are in whatever circumstance. I wrote this down. At the ball game, when you're cheering so loud for your kid, man, take a moment just to say, hey, I'm going to pause right here and praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ just as loudly as I'm cheering for these young people out there. Man, I wrote this down. At the buffet, there's a prime place to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I was in CC's one time. The guy hollered out fresh hot muffins on the buffet at CC's. I stood up and said, hallelujah, and praise be unto God. Right there in CC's. One guy beside me said, preach it, brother. Keep on. Go ahead and preach it as we went up there and got them ourselves. Listen, we need to always have a word of praise on our lips for the Lord. And I want you to note this, though. It needs to be sincere. When you come to a place to praise the Lord, it needs to be sincere. It doesn't need to be worked up. It doesn't need to be put on. I've heard people say, man, fake it till you make it. The Lord will show up and it'll be all right. There's something wrong with that today. When you bring praise to the Lord, it needs to be sincere from your heart. It doesn't need to be put on. It doesn't need to be worked up. It just needs to be sincere words, thoughts, hand claps of praise for the Lord Jesus Christ. A chance to watch a little movie clip with my wife this week of a, of a movie called Apollo 13. Uh, it was about the astronauts who were headed for the moon but didn't get there. The famous words they uttered were, Houston, what? We have a, we have a problem. Man, they had a big problem. Didn't look like they were going to come home. One of the most poignant scenes in that movie was right after the launch, man. Those guys walked up there and put themselves in that capsule on top of an intercontinental ballistic missile of epic proportions and allowed them to launch them into outer space. Their wives were in the stands watching them go up and trying to be strong and not shed too many tears. And then they walked out to the parking lot toward their cars together, and here came the media to those wives. And as they were running toward them, one leaned over and whispered in the other's ear. She said, remember, we're proud, we're happy, and we're thrilled, no matter how we feel or what they say. And man, I understand what they were doing, but in my heart I thought, you know, that's the furthest thing from the truth in their life. They really weren't proud. They really weren't happy as much as they were scared. 
but in some way they were. And even in the midst of of those difficult and trying circumstances, they were sincere in what they said and they were sincere in their utterances. And I wonder if the Lord in heaven isn't just looking for a group of people that even in the midst of the greatest challenges and even when things are a little stirred up inside them, they might find some place of sincerity to be able to see. But in spite of that, Lord, I give you glory and I give you honor and I give you praise that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are in control, that you are my friend who sticks closer than a brother and that you have seen the end of all my days before they ever started it's got to be sincere when we praise him I wonder if there's anybody in the house today that could look back over their life even this week even a day or two ago and I wonder if there isn't some place you could arrive at in your life that you could sincerely say Lord thank you Lord praise you Lord you deserve glory and you deserve honor for what that is I'm going to give you an opportunity if that's you don't do it if it's not sincere but if it is you ought to stand to your feet right here I'm saying rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice the house of the Lord is one place we ought to be able to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in great sincerity for who He is and for what He has done in our hearts and in our lives. He's worthy of that glory, that honor, and that great praise. Man, you want joy in your experience. You want more? Become a person of great praise. Secondly, here's task number two. I wrote it down this way, a joyful person in the strength of the Lord now is also a person of patience. So you want more joy in your experience. Task number two is this, become a person of patience. Not only a person of praise, but become a person of patience. Become a person of patience. Look with me at verse 5. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men, for the Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known unto all men, for the Lord is at hand. The key word there is the word moderation. It means this. It means forbearance. It means gentleness. It means fair-mindedness. It means graciousness. It means the charitable attitude that is within you toward men's faults. Now, I want you to look at the fact that he said, Let your graciousness, your forbearance, your patience be displayed, not unto those you like, not even to those in the house of the Lord. He said, let it be known unto all men, lost and saved alike. Let your reputation be one of great grace. I write it this way. Err on the side of grace in your relationships. Err on the side of grace all the time, and you'll be a more joyful person. Man, if you want to be miserable, just begin to insist on the letter of the law in someone's life. Just begin to insist on the letter of the law in that person you're relating to's life. You know what will happen? All of a sudden, the weight of the law will come on you in your life, and you'll have to bear that burden yourself. And it won't be long before the Lord shows you just how heavy the letter of the law is in your life. He says, man, deal with people in the same way that I have dealt with you. Deal with them in grace. Deal with them in mercy. Deal with them in patience. Give the Holy Ghost a little room to operate and see what he will do. I wrote it down this way. We need to learn to be builders and not demolitionists in people's lives. We need to learn to be builders and not demolitionists in people's lives. How many of y'all are old enough to remember a show called Family Matters? How many of y'all will admit that you're that old you watched that at some time? I did. 
the most compelling character on there was Steve Urkel. Am I, I mean, he was the kind of the guy that made the show. He destroyed everything that he touched. I mean, everywhere he went, I mean, it wasn't very long till the set was falling down, the house was on fire, something bad was going to happen everywhere Steve Urkel went. He was just destructive, not intentionally, just accidentally destructive everywhere he went. And what was his famous words after everything had blown up and the smoke was beginning to clear? What would he say? Yeah, did I do that? And he's, did, did I do that? And he's very high voice. Destroyed everything. And I fear sometimes that the church of the living God has become destructive and not constructive. And you see, the counsel of the Lord here is if you want joy in your life, what you need to do is become somebody who builds people up. You know what a joy it is to come into somebody's presence and leave them better than they were when you got there? Man, that's a joy. You want to know what a real joy is? Is to find somebody who's down and say, Father, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're so far down, I don't know how I'm going to lift them up. And then there is the blessed Holy Spirit working in and through you and speaking into their lives. And when you leave them, all the problems might not be solved. But man, they're happier than they were. They're better than they were when you first encountered them. Man, I see Jesus in the Word. Any heart that was crying out for help at all, after Jesus left them, they were always better than they were when he got there. And man, the mark of the church of Jesus Christ ought to be that the people are better after we pass by them than they were when we got there. How are we going to do that? We're going to have to become people of patience, of moderation. We're going to have to start dealing in grace and not stop dealing in the letter of the law. Let me ask you this question, and you ought to give the Lord the the loudest praise you can if this is true of you. How many of y'all are glad today that he chose to deal with you by his grace, by his mercy, and by his patience rather than the letter of the law in your life? Man, what he's saying to us is just do the same. Just do the same to those people you come in contact with. Man, I want to be known as a grace, 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 grace preacher. I want to be known as somebody who extends help and hope into people's lives. And I'm here to tell you, the law is great. It's nothing more, though, than a schoolmaster to get us to grace. That's all it is. And I find in most people's lives, maybe not all, but most people's lives that I encounter, they really don't need me to tell them how hard they're having it or how tough times are or the things that they shouldn't be doing. What they need me to tell them is there is a remedy, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he'll change your circumstances in an instant if you'll allow it. Moderation. You want more joy in your experience? Task number two, become a person of patience. Just give God some room to do something in somebody's life. Become a person of praise, yes. Become a person of patience, yes. Third thing I want you to see on the list today that we must do. Task number three, if you want more joy in your experience, you must become a person of prayer. Verse six says this, be careful, be anxious, don't worry about anything. Don't be wringing your hands. Don't sit around thinking, how's that going to work out? And man, what's going to happen there? And, and how's that going to come about in my life? Don't, don't do that. That's a, a fleshly way to approach life. The way you need to approach life is a spiritual way. He said, don't do that. Just pray. Man, when you get worried and when your joy is flowing from you, begin to pray. Do you know I find a great parallel in the level of joy I'm experiencing in my life and the time I spend with the Lord in prayer? I find a great parallel in that. 
You know, I can't expect to be on go and on ready and living joyfully if I never spend any time connected to the Lord in prayer. He's saying, man, become a person of prayer. Stop worrying about everything. And, and on the converse, take it to the Lord in prayer. He, mentioned, he says not just a little prayer, not just a trite prayer, but a complete prayer. He mentions what I call the three realms of prayer right here in this verse. And I'm going to skin them out for you. Number one, he says, in everything now, not just in, in, in any old thing that you think warrants it, but in everything, go to the Lord in prayer. The first word he uses is prayer. That's prayer in general. And then he mentions the word supplication. I believe that's prayer in specific. Then he goes on to say, with thanksgiving, praise unto God. Let your requests be made known unto God. I believe requests, I call that prayer in detail. You know, it's good that I say, Lord, bless the church. But it's better that I say, Lord, bless the church's ministries. Bless the church's leaders. It's better that I say, Lord, bless Saeed as he teaches that Sunday school class. Bless him and give him the word of the Lord today. Let your authority and your anointing be on him. Man, let the word come alive as he shares it with his people. Let the hearer's hearts be ready. Do you see what I'm driving at? Man, we need to learn to pray until we get down under the leadership of the Spirit to the great details that he will reveal to us in our life. Man, in a couple of weeks, we're going to take my oldest daughter and drop her off at a school and come home. Do you think I started praying about that transaction yesterday? No. Do you think I just pray, well, Lord, bless her. Uh, you think that's what I pray? Lord, just bless her up there in her college experience. I mean, I guess that's okay. But listen, I go a whole lot further than that. Uh, Lord, make sure she has the right roommate. Lord, make sure she, she gets to class on time. Lord, make sure the alarm clock goes off. Lord, make sure she doesn't spend every dime I've got while she's up there. How many of y'all have? Hey, I'm talking about prayer in specific. Man, I pray for her. I cast the net as widely and tightly as I possibly can. And man, Paul's saying, you want to become a person of joy? Listen, there's nothing more joyful than spending time in prayer with the Lord over a distinct situation. And man, the Holy Spirit leading you how to pray, leading your thoughts, revealing His will to you in your life. And you pray right down to the nitty-gritty details of it. And then the Holy Spirit pats you on the back and say, Son, I heard you. I heard you. There's no more joyful place than getting up off of your face before the Lord and saying, Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. You want to be joyful in your life? Don't worry over every little thing coming and going. Go to the Lord in prayer about it. And pray until He gives you release and restores the joy into your life that He intends for you to have. Prescription today? Man, I tell you, it's threefold. The first thing you need to do is become a person of praise if you want more joy in your life. The second thing you need to do very tangibly, become a person of patience in your life, especially in your relationships with people. I love what Jonah said of the Lord. I know that you are long-suffering and kind and quick to forgive. That's the kind of people that we need to be. Become a person of prayer in your life. Don't worry over everything. Just take it to the Lord in prayer and pray till He gives you that release that only He can give and that peace that only he can give that'll bring joy into your life you say pastor I can't do these things well I'm not asking you to do them on your own neither is the Holy Spirit and he's writing of this to you he says you can do this not on your own strength he says you can do this through the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ it's constantly at work inside you I want you to bow your heads and right where you are I just want to give you a word in conclusion 
I told you if you take the prescription, listen, if you take a prescription, you expect something to happen, don't you? And man, you take this and you ask the Holy Spirit to apply it in your life. Let me just hear you. Let me, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me ask you. Is there anybody in here that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me that I'd become a person of praise? I'm just too negative. I'm too questioning. And may, or maybe everything's good. And I just want to be a person of praise in my life. Would you lift your hand high right where you are? Just help me, Pastor, to be a person that runs to praise of the Lord quickly. Maybe you're in here and you need patience. Would, maybe there's a relationship in your life. Maybe there's a person there that grinds on your very last nerve. Let me tell you, the enemy will put somebody in your life that will wear you, slam out, and rob you of every ounce of your joy. And maybe you just need today to lift your hand and say, Father, would you help me to allow you to be at work in this person's life? Give me some patience. Let me get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I need to be a person of deeper prayer in my life. I need to be that. I want to be that. I want to pray till the Lord gives me the release about these situations. I want you to lift your hand way high right where you are. Say, Pastor, I need the strength of the Lord to do. You know what's going to happen when God does this? The great results are these. Verse 7 says this. When you do these things, the peace of God. The peace of God. What, what is the peace of God? Listen, it's that peace that goes beyond all understanding. It's that peace that defies explanation. It's that peace that he says that will guard that heart, that emotional state that's so turned upside down. The peace of God will come and it'll take it and it'll still it. And man, it'll put you right back square in heart. It'll still your emotions. It'll make you tranquil and calm. Where there used to be chaos, man, there'll be peace that passes all understanding. Not only will it touch your emotions, it'll touch your mind. Listen, there's been times in my life where I've just cried out unto the Lord, Father, Father, would you just give me one minute's peace in my mind? Would you just let me have a little bit of peace of mind, this trouble, this turmoil, the thoughts that constantly turn over? Lord, would you stop them for just a moment so that I could have peace of mind? Man, when you do these things, the Word says that the peace of God is not going to be reactive but proactive, and it's going to begin to guide the thoughts of your mind. Paul said, man, you will be transformed. By the renewing of your mind under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's that peace that's going to come into your life and do that work. How's it going to happen? It's going to come, the Word says clearly, through the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828 628-1188.